0: Ahoy, authors! You're listening to the Writership Podcast, a show focused on helping indie authors master self editing
1: skills. So come aboard and get ready to find the treasure in your manuscript with hosts Leslie Watts and Clark Chamberlain.
0: Welcome to episode 78 of the Writership Podcast. I'm Leslie Watts here with Clark Chamberlain from the Book Editor Show. Every week we show you editing in action with tips that you can use to improve your own stories. If you want to learn more about the Writership Podcast, you can visit the website at writership.org slash podcast.
1: And as you may know, the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Author Marketing Club, home of the new and improved Amazon Reviewer Grabber tool. You know you need high-quality reviews for your books, so you should use the AMC Reviewer Grabber tool to quickly and easily locate reviewers that are ready, willing, and able to review your books for you. Become a premium member of AMC now by visiting www.AuthorMarketingClub.com and get instant access to this tool and more.
0: Hey Clark, how's it going?
1: Hell, it's going good. It's busy, but it's good. It's good to be busy, right?
0: It is good to be busy. It is good to be busy. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to today. I was talking with um, one of my assistants about the uh, about how we might get people involved more, and I was uh-huh. thinking about oh, well, people could, you know, submit their. Uh, something that they've worked on you know some some way that they've applied or they could just share um, about how they've applied one of the editorial missions or or okay. something like that and and she said you know it's really hard because when you're out and about and you are listening to the podcast maybe you're on your commute maybe you're out running or you're in the gym you know that you're not really you can't Just naturally go from that to working on your manuscript, and then, and then you know, send an email with that information. So, so she said, "Well, why don't you get people to sign up for the email list, and that way they will get the editorial mission in their inbox, and they can you know that way they when they're sitting down and and working, and they'll have that, and they can." remember to yeah check it's that like a out. perfect
1: it's like a perfect um mm-hmm. a reminder tool to say hey jump on here and uh do what we talked about earlier that's awesome
0: right right so we have the show notes that uh that have right the of course you can read the story read the excerpt you can see our inline comments because we can't talk about everything uh on the show and not everything is exciting like I uh, I'll confess that I suggested how about we talk about semicolons today and and Clark was so polite, I'll tell you. <laughs> he was so polite. You were so polite, Clark. Oh, but yeah, semicolons no. aren't sexy. I'm
1: sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: Yes, and let's talk about something else, Leslie. <laughs> so so the show notes have a lot you know the editorial mission the quote of the week which is always fun and uh and you can read our comments and and the note that we send to the author and all of that is there so i would urge you today even if you're you know running around go by writership.org slash podcast sign up for the list and check out the show notes so that you can uh, check it out oh and another thing you can do of course is you can read along with us if you do happen to be uh, sitting at your desk and and that that you can read along with us and uh, and uh, have an interactive experience in that way Okay, enough about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to add one more thing with it. Definitely go in and and get that um, uh, sign up for this because even if you're working on your own manuscript and you're like, well, the editorial mission is really not what I'm after right now, do the exercises because, you know, anytime you can take a moment and to try something new, test a, test a new process out in your own writing, you you never know where you're going to need that tool later. And so adding those to your toolbox as a writer is just a fantastic um, idea. And this is going to be a perfect resource. It's going to be in your inbox. You're going to be able to go to it anytime you want. And it's going to be right there.
0: Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Always learning.
1: Right. Well, um, perhaps, I don't know. I don't know if you want one this week or not. Would you like me to quote something? I'm good.
0: I'm good. Let's just dive in. Oh, all right. You talked me into it.
1: Okay, good. Because it's from Beth Hill, and this is some important stuff here. Okay. And uh, Beth says, uh, people are almost always aware of time in their daily lives. Time of day or month, or year, time in relation to a job or task that needs to be completed, time in terms of religious holidays or season, stages of life such as infancy or teenage years, school years, years of fertility and old age, era, such as the Roaring Twenties, or Regency England, or the Frontier Years, or Mordant V, or time as it relates to anticipation of either a dreaded or an eagerly anticipated event. Readers stepping into a story world should also step into the time, reality, and expectations of that world, at least the reality of the major characters, at least of the viewpoint character. So I I thought this quote was was really good because um, time can be one of those things that we almost forget about in story. You know, that, uh, that, that if it's not playing a, a vital role in the story, because maybe it's only taking place in the same few month period and it's not taking place over a 20 year period, that it might be something that's forgotten about. But it's one of those pieces that we can use as storytellers um, to really draw in and it becomes an additional side character so that, uh, again, we've always talked about this, right, where we care about what the main protagonist is noticing, and so mm-hmm. time should also be something that they're paying attention to.
0: Right, right. Unless it's, yeah, unless they're not. And then it should be really intentional. But yeah, I know. And I'm, ugh, time feels like a big, you know, it's it's huge. And so when it's missing, it feels uh, I like I have to go back and reread. Uh-huh. In a story, if I'm not clear, like wait a minute, where are we? When are we? You know. So I think that that's uh, that's a really valid uh, yeah. point.
1: Yeah. Because um, you know, and, and for personal, for me, like I have on my wall here, I've got a poster that I hand drew. Someone's like, "Hey, did your kid make you that?" No, I made it. <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: thanks for the compliment, for buddy. The
1: compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just you know a sharpie marker on there, and it has the number one. And then the sign that says greater than it says, and then the number zero. So one is greater than zero. Trying to remind me, you know, that doing something is better than doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And then also at the bottom, I I wrote on there, and this is, I think, where they thought I was the kid, because my handwriting is atrocious. And so it says, uh, how much time do you have left? So time is a huge thing for me, you know, like, I really recognize uh, the the fleeting nature of time in my life. And, um, and it, it motivates me. And so, that's one of the things you, you know you need to ask if your character is motivated by time, and if they're not noticing time, the reader should at least notice that the change of the time. Because yeah, like let see, like what you were just saying, you know, it is so frustrating if you're reading along in paragraphs and all of a sudden you're like, wait, <laughs> we just jumped months, days, hours ahead, and I I thought we were someplace else, and we've just been transported immediately, and and it just feels all off.
0: Yeah, yeah, that can be a, um, an abrupt
1: mm-hmm.
0: transition. Yeah. All right. Time to get to the submissions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Leslie. Enough of that. Okay. So I'm going to read for us today. Our submission is called Me and My Bacon. It is from Canmore Morlass. The genre is YA. The word count is approximately 61,000 words. It is published, and we will include the link in the show notes, so if you want to keep reading. This is from the first five pages of the novel. Chapter 1. "'I'm not going and you can't make me!' I yell as I dash to my room. "'This is so stupid. My once-solid, predictable mother has lost her mind. "'You need to lay off the crack!' I yell from my doorway. "'Emerald Crystal Bell, You come here this minute!' my mom says in that tone. "'Rolling my eyes, I stomp back into the kitchen as loudly as possible.' I'm not moving. I can stay here and take care of myself, I say, plopping down across from her at the kitchen bar. You may not stay here, and you need to adjust your attitude. You have two days to get everything you want to take with you into a box. You have boxes, tape, and markers, and you better get started tonight. The movers will be here at six Monday morning. I grab a handful of bacon right off her plate and stomp back to my room. Free falling onto my mattress that sits right on the floor, I sigh. My hand full of bacon now crumbled next to my pillow. I open my little pink no-brand laptop and sign in. Rockingham, Vermont. Bellows Falls. Typed into the search box. I wait until the lousy internet loads the site. Snacking on my my smashed bits of bacon, tears start to form. I still can't believe we're moving again. My purple sheer curtain is fluttering in the breeze of the open window. I hate the stupid bars on the window, but I guess it's better than dealing with one of the winos crawling in again that really freaked me out. I came home from school one afternoon, and my mom was on one of her business calls in the dining room, as usual, so I grabbed an apple and walked into my room. I threw my backpack on my blanket, and it yelled back at me. Long story short, the police arrived, dragged the wino out from under my bed covers, and escorted him out of my room in handcuffs. My mom threw my sheets and blanket in the washer three times back to back. The next day, I came home late, and there were bars on my window. Hmm, I have 18 friends on my friends list online now, and only three replies. Ugh. Jim, and Trudy, they won't leave me alone. I mumble, unfriend, unfriend. Well, I have 16 friends still, so that's not bad, I guess. Well, Trina isn't even online anymore, so I guess that's 15 then. Sighing, I tap on my mom's name. 258 friends? How could she have that many people on her friends list? Emerald, someone is here to see you, my mom calls out shutting my laptop i peek out my door to the entry hey renée what are you doing here i yell out as i run toward her hey mira i just wanted to give you something renée says handing me a wrapped box come on let's go out i say rushing to get out of my mom's sight i'm going to miss this little one car garage My mom parks outside under the carport, so the garage has been our makeshift clubhouse. This is where Renee, Tracy, Peter, and I have spent many Saturday mornings. This is the last time any of my friends will see me here. Renee plops down on the blue beanbag, and I fall across the big orange one. Tearing the purple paper off, I can see two little disposable cameras and a couple of coupons to develop them. Wow, Renee, this is cool, thanks, I say, trying not to sniffle. Renee always knows the right things to give people, something I have yet to learn. You can take pics of your trip across country and put them in this, Renee says, reaching in her purse and handing me a little purple vinyl photo book. Cool, thanks. I'm going to miss you. You really think your mom is going to stay in Vermont? Yeah, she says it's what's best for both of us. What a crock. I turn the pages of the empty photo book. We sit in silence for a few long moments. Well, I got to go home. I just wanted to see you again before you left, Renee says, struggling to get up. Her cousin's big hiking shirt with a million pockets must weigh a ton. She's gotten really, really fat lately. She's gonna have to give up that pile of candy and french fries she eats every night before bed. Renee rubs her back, then dashes through the house and down the front steps. Renee, wait! I run after her. I make her stand still in the driveway and tear open one of the little camera packages. I take three shots of us together, hoping we will have heads when the pictures develop, and send Renee on her way. The door opens just as I reach for it, and I drop a cuss word as I jump back. Watch your language. We can't get away from this place fast enough to suit me, my mom fusses. Her phone rings and I listen from the doorway. Mom tries to be quiet as she says, Yeah, she isn't happy, but this is the best for both of us, I'm certain now. Are you sure it's okay if we come straight there? You don't think it would be better if I rent a place for a while, just to be sure this isn't going to be too much for you. I sneak to my room, wondering whom she's talking to but I know better than to ask right now. I open my flip phone and blow my bangs out of my eyes. I dial and let the phone ring a few extra times, but no one is answering. The voicemail kicks on. I say, Hey, Tracy. Well, I guess I'll be on the road before you get this. I just wanted to say bye. It's been fun. And if you ever get to Vermont, look me up. I leave the same message for Peter and Renee, too. I already posted my goodbye message at four this morning before the truck was loaded up with all my stuff. Renee was the only one who even bothered to act like she was sad that I was leaving. She kind of acted like I was dying or something. My phone rings. It's Renee! Hey, well, the truck left with our stuff, so I guess we're really going. Renee is sniffling. I feel bad for her. It's okay, Renee. We can still talk on the phone, and I'll get my computer running when the truck gets there. Renee is crying now. You don't get it, Renee screams out between snorts. What's up with her? I've only lived here a year. She's so weird. I mean, I'm gonna miss her and all, but what a drama queen. Hey, chill. Maybe you can talk your mom into coming to Vermont next summer. Or, hey, you can ride the bus, maybe, and come see me? More sniffles. Renee, what's up? The line goes dead. Hmm... Well, guess she's fighting with her mom again. I know how that feels. I get up from the dirty blue shag carpet floor and head to the living room. I can hear my mom on the phone. She's giggling again. So freaking weird. My sneakers squeak on the clean tile floor in the dining room as I head for the garage. Sometimes I get tired of moving. Seems like I just start making friends and it's time to move on. My mom has so much drama all the time and then we have to move to get away from it. Time to roll. Can't we listen to some music? My mom just shakes her head and hands me a map. What's this for? In case we need it. You have maps on your phone, you know mom gives me that look again. Sighing, I open the map and refold it to a better size. Nothing to do now but stare out the window as the sun comes up. Yeah, four days on the road ought to be a blast. Yeah. The room in tonight's hotel is the same as the one last night and the one the night before. Ugly bed covers, stiff mattresses, Three whole channels on the television and no ice in the machine. Such fun. I open my soda over the sink and of course it fuzzes all over my hand and on the edge of the counter. Surprise, surprise. My mom is on the phone as usual with her laptop open on the table in front of her. She works like this for several hours after we stop each night and I sort of feel bad for her. I know she's tired. And that's the end of our submission.
1: It uh it certainly has a lot going on. You know, like <laughs> it has a very rapid pace to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um for me just just overall and it's been a few years since I was a teenager, but I get Uh, I get the, it feels authentic. It Mm -hmm. feels like, you know, so I don't know exactly if, uh, if teens would uh, resonate with that, but it felt, it felt very, yeah. She, I mean, she behaves the way I would think a girl who has moved around a lot was not permitted to put down roots, you know, would behave. And, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of painful to watch both and to see, you know, see someone go through that. And uh, so I think that that's that aspect is uh, achieved really well. And I like the mystery about why she's had to move so frequently. We hear about this, you know, this this time and then, you know, and I'm trusting that we'll, you know, as we read on, that we would find out more about why she's had to move and what the drama is with her mom. So, yes, there's a lot going on.
1: <laughs> there's a Yeah, there's a lot going on there. and And Emerald, she's got this fantastic, I mean, her attitude is so strong through there. So we really get a good sense of who she is. Um, and, uh, what she's feeling, although maybe not necessarily the motivations for it yet, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as to why it is that she's been feeling this. And, um, um, you know, these, this is one of those submissions and now that I've Realize that it's been published that I could go ahead and read the next fifteen pages. I and um, I didn't notice that when I was just reading the submission that I had, um, but it's one that I would really like to have the next fifteen pages for, so that I could understand and have some more context mm-hmm. of the beginning five pages. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whether or not we're just trying to to quickly get to where the story is taking place, or is or is this how it is, and so that it's a you know that's a deliberate um, a deliberate device so that it feels, um, rapid and it feels constantly moving and in flux. And, you know, is that the, the feeling that we're just trying to establish in a mood of the story? Mm -hmm. And if so, that's a really great device that's there. Um, but both of us, um, put this into our notes is the, and definitely listeners go to the website so You can actually take a look at, um, at what we're talking about here because we're not, we don't have any kind of clue on the movements of time that have mm-hmm. taken place. So for instance, um, the one where Renee is, she's chased after Renee, given her the hug and, um, Renee is gone. And then the next thing we, we read is that she's opening the door. So it's one of those deals where in my mind, I read it and I see this picture of Emerald going outside, hugging her and turning around to go back inside. And I still establish that's what's going on until I get like, A few more paragraphs down. And then I realized that that was actually a change and it wasn't going inside the house. She was actually going outside of her room. And it's one of those things where if time is constantly changing, we need to make sure that we're cueing the reader in and so that they don't get caught off guard and have to reread and reorganize their thoughts because we want it to be a very natural flow to the entire story
0: right right a smooth transition from one uh one scene one time one place to another i felt like the the transition from in fact i noticed it when i was just reading just now that there's a transition from oh from the from the house to the car when she's Uh listening to her mom talk on the phone and then and then they're in the car and so that there's a you know there's a gap or there's a missing whether it's a sentence or a word or two or just some indication some little flag that says you know not like not like a bright red flag that's huge and waving but just something subtle that tells the reader okay we've changed we're in a mm. new place right now and and so the setting i feel In terms of the time and in terms of the place as well we know that emerald is heading to vermont moving to vermont but we don't know from where and it's a long drive so we you know we could probably assume that it's out west somewhere but we don't we don't know that for sure um, mm-hmm. and i think it would help give us some context for this because because what i'm wondering and we you know there's there's obviously room in the novel to find out but one of the things that i was wondering is is her mom crazy you know is her <laughs> mom the nutty one yeah uh, you know so many of us when we were kids thought our parents were kind of crazy or you know or stupid so or whatever <laughs> maybe she is maybe she is a little you know but and if we could see a little through emerald's eyes if emerald could like look out the window or you know be walking like look out the window beyond the bars or be when she goes out to the garage to be kind of looking around a little bit then we could see at least through emerald's eyes if the if it is you know is it a scary neighborhood is her mom like legitimately wanting to get her out, I mean, don't get me wrong, having a, a person appear, <laughs> an, an inebriated person appear in your daughter's bed is pretty scary. So by any uh, measurement, that is uh, that is cause for concern. But what I'm wondering is if the mom is being objective about whether then if the neighborhood is, uh, is a really scary place. Right.
1: Is it a is it a one time freak occurrence or do they live in a bad neighborhood where this can happen again and again and again and it's moving away to protect the daughter, you know? And yeah, exactly. Like if uh, if we looked out and we see the bars and we're in a suburban cul-de-sac, right? (laughs) Where kids are out playing mm. in the street, yeah, you know. And we're like, oh, (laughs) Um, that's a whole different feeling, yeah. So yeah and um I one of the big things with this certainly that uh, that got me with it is is the necessity for time um mm-hmm. to cue in the reader and uh, I actually talked about this with my class um this last okay. night at the college, and um, this can be done in some like you were saying, you don't want it to be crazy. We don't need to have different chapters here, um but an additional return, you know, like a double, uh, double return. So we have a space in between the paragraphs, um, when a scene is changed or simply that, uh, that you, the last paragraph ends with a visual cue, like the sun setting and the next paragraph begins with a visual cue where the sun is in a different place. Mm -hmm. You know, like these are just small little tiny things that we can just add in that, um, that cue the reader in that a change has occurred.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think overall for the setting in terms of time and place, like going that it would be a good idea. And it's, it's a good idea for all of us to go through and make sure that we have adequately marked uh, signposted where we want, where things change enough that the reader will have a seamless experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Because uh, especially in a story like this where we know that uh, that Emerald is going to be going through a lot of massive changes, you know, because that's what the tagline talks about, you know, like being able to have identity. Um, because <coughs> location isn't just simply – you're not just simply tossing your characters down in a, in a blank room. Location is more than just the walls and the furniture that's in the place. Mm-hmm. You know, location matters about – because that's why we want to look out the window and see what kind of neighborhood we're in because we're talking about s- – social structure we're talking about culture we're talking about politics we're talking about religion we're talking about um industrial areas we're talking about you know whether you live in the rural community or you're in New York City where everyone's on top of each other each one of these elements of location plays a part on the characters in the story and we need to understand those and the reader needs to understand those
0: yeah yeah uh so I I wanted to also mention that the social media angst—that bit probably could be compressed. I, you know, this is again one of those things. Like you mentioned, I would like to know a little more about what happens, but I think that it could be, you know, it could be what turns out to be a characteristic moment. You know, but I think that we could get that from a, a mention. And uh, comparison to the number of friends her mom's has, and that that would be sufficient. Probably, uh, obviously, you want to check it. You know, check against the overall, like the whole story. But I think that you know, being mindful of those events that, like the way I'm talking about this right now, mm-hmm. that go on and not, you know, that seem to go on longer than is necessary. So that's. That's what I want to say about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, the, the that scene actually, you know, I, I, I got kind of caught up in that scene as well. Um, the idea that she wants people in her life and she's got these two people that are um, actually responding to her messages and then she just deletes them <laughs> as, uh, or unfriends them, you know. and And I think it's very telling of her um, and who she actually wants to pay attention to her versus the people who are paying attention to her, and so that, mm-hmm. that sets it up but yeah it's it doesn't have to be a, a real long drawn out deal there for sure so um and this is this is really i think well done in uh the first person point of view we 're definitely getting uh all of emerald's biased as we 're going through this you know right. we 're not seeing anything that she doesn't seem to care about mm-hmm. um but we definitely we definitely still want to make sure that we are establishing a place in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so even if she doesn't care about time, we need to have at least something so that the reader knows that we're switching time so that we're not caught up and we're not speed bumping and we're not having to go back and reread and reorganize our thoughts and how we've put it together. Um, and you know, definitely go in. there's some, uh, minor or, some, uh, uh, copy editing type changes in here as well that you'll want to take a look at um, for other things that I noticed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We include it. It's always lovely to go check out the share notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had one other thing that I just wanted to mention. And we've talked about this before that, that YA is a, you know, it's, it's a category on Amazon and people talk about it. Like, it, I mean, it, like it's a genre, and it sort of is, but but really when we're talking about YA, we're talking about young adult, we're talking about the main audience, the main target audience, mm-hmm. and, and generally the age of the protagonist, but it doesn't really tell us the content genre of the, mm-hmm. of the story, and so it could still be action-adventure, or it could still be uh, horror, or it could be uh what what fantasy right or mystery yeah. mystery like the uh Nancy Drew mysteries and that so so i uh it's a picky point but it's something to think about just being in touch with the you know the content genre and what's required about that now this one i'm not completely certain but i would i would place it uh just based on these These pages, I would place it as a a literary Mm -hmm. piece, which also is kind of fuzzy in terms of the content genre. But it's, I guess, it feels like an exploration of her feelings and and her life and and circumstances, and it feels like we're going to get a lot more of that, a lot more reflection than action. So it mm-hmm. feels, so to me, it feels more literary than, uh, than any other.
1: Yeah, that, that's an excellent point, you know, that, uh, to make sure that you really are understanding audience. So that's, <clears throat> that's a great thing about writing for YA, you know, or for middle grade, is because you really understand what uh, that age is, is going through currently mm-hmm. yeah. in their life. But yeah, you still need to know what the actual genre is that you're writing for and making sure you're hitting those notes, you know the um what's expected in that genre and not just not just calling it one thing and just trying to wedge it in to fit an entire <laughs> everything you know so
0: yeah, yeah, I think it uh, and and of course, yeah, all the 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 content genres come with their own um requirements essentially or you know and i hate i hate using the word requirements but what what it really means what it means you know that the that it's what the audience expects what the readers Mm -hmm. expect when they when they read the story so that they know what they're shopping for and that Mm -hmm. they will get it and of course it's innovation is fantastic but we always want to be working around what the reader expects in a particular genre
1: yeah um if uh you know, take a look, let's move away from books for a moment. Let's take a look at movies. Okay. And why, why do DC movies, um, fail so much versus, you know, the Marvel movies that come out? I don't it's know, Clark. I, <laughs> I will they. tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they don't know how to tell stories. They don't know how to tell <gasps> the story that, uh, that the comic book, um, enthusiast is expecting, mm-hmm. you know, when they go through and change characters, um, that's that's where it becomes uh, like changing Superman to be this dark character who he's not, you know. Like that's when you all of a sudden you went to the wrong thing. I was so excited and oh. was had the good payoff for uh, for Civil War this last summer for the Captain America movie, and I had this conversation with my son Jonah. I was like, I'm just so excited to go see this because what I want it to be is a Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, all over again and I want it to be the same but I, yeah I want it to be a little bit different too and I don't want it to be completely changed I want to have that same feel he's like well how can you do that <laughs> and <laughs> that's what we're talking about with genre is mm-hmm. that you're going in with an expectation of what it is and if it doesn't meet that expectation and it feels off then you're going to drop it mm-hmm. and you're going to move away from it and do something else instead mm-hmm. and um the movie Suicide Squad, which is a DC movie, they are almost getting it right, but they still aren't. They still Mm -hmm. aren't getting what, uh, what that genre is about. Uh And they're, they're trying to play with it and do all this other stuff with it. And you know what? Don't try to rework it. Try to understand why people go to that genre to read and then do it, (laughs) you know? They're just expecting certain things to happen. It doesn't mean your characters have to all be the same. It just doesn't mean the story has to all be the same. It just means it has to feel that way because they want to have that feeling. You know, when you go to Disneyland, you want to experience Disneyland. If you go buy a ticket for Disneyland and then it feels like the panic room. Yeah, the pentagram (laughs) or something like that. Like, uh, That's not what you paid for, right? Right. You know, if you go to Disneyland and none of the characters are around or something like that, your kids are going to be really disappointed. So Mm -hmm. that's the same thing with the reader. They're coming into a book expecting it to be a particular way. And that's what you're just trying to deliver. Just deliver that.
0: Yes. And that's not to say that this – this story to me feels, it, it very much feels like YA literary fiction. So I feel like this person is, uh, the author is is delivering on that. Uh, but it's but it's a point worth mentioning, I think. And I love that you had a little rant there about the uh, DC movies, <laughs> Clark, because yes, rant number one, let's look forward to more of yes. this.
1: <laughs> See if we can get
0: Clark worked up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do happen, and that it will happen every time with DC until those guys can figure out. When they finally get smart enough to bring me in to look over their script, uh-huh. and then I can be like, no, this uh-huh. stuff doesn't work. No, don't do it this way. Do it this way. You can reach mark. Clark at… Yes, <laughs> at Clark at ripub.com. There you go. Send it to me direct. <laughs> Come on, DC
0: people. Get your act together. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah, so my rant had nothing to do with this story. Right, yeah,
0: yeah, I know, I got that.
1: <laughs> I just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so editorial mission?
1: Yeah, let's uh, lay it on me. What do it's you got? It's about time. Oh, <laughs> Oh. Clever. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay so think about the different aspects of time in your story consider the setting so we have the year or you know the era in which your your story is set we also have the time of year time of day for individual scenes and you have you what I want you to look at is is it is this clear to the reader at from the outset and how could you make it more evident without telling without beating them over the head with it? What details could you use? Um, And and then consider how much time actually passes over the course of your story. And and then within individual scenes, and, and have you conveyed that through your point of view character. And what I like to do is to actually track my stories on a calendar, because it, you know, it helps me to make sure that I am being mindful of that as I'm, you know, as I'm writing and then as I'm editing as well. And that it, you know, that, that, that I am including that as well. So it's about time. That's the editorial mission for this week.
1: Thank you, Leslie. That'll be a fun one. And then don't forget, you know, get on that email list so you can have these editorial missions sent right to you. Um, And don't also forget that the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Author Marketing Club, which you can find at www.authormarketingclub.com. Don't forget, when you become a premium member today, you'll gain access to the new and improved Amazon Reviewer Grabber tool.
0: And as we wrap things up, if you enjoyed the show, please go leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. This is how other people will find us. And so you'll be supporting the podcast and also helping out your fellow writers. If you want to have your five pages reviewed, send them to writershippodcast at gmail.com. Finally, be sure to check out the Book Editor Show, which Clark hosts with Peter Turley at thebookeditorshow.com. All right, that's it for us for this week. We will see you next time on the Writership Podcast.
1: Ready for Leslie and Clark to help you find the treasure in your manuscript? Submit your pages to writership.org forward slash podcast.